bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Welcome to the teaching. This is Dr. Ruth. I am blessed that you are with me today as we continue our teaching in the New Testament in the Gospel of Matthew. Boy, we have gone through a lot thus far and we are just now beginning to get into the middle of the book here. And today we will pick it up in Matthew chapter 13. A very detailed chapter. Not to say that the other chapters weren't. All of them were detailed. But in this unique chapter, Matthew chapter 13, we will begin to study the parables of Jesus Christ. And as some of you already are aware, it had been prophesied that the Messiah would do a lot of his teachings in parables. So this chapter alone has about seven of Jesus's parables. So it is a very lengthy chapter, a lot of rich, rich information. So I am going to take a closer look at each verse. We will be here for quite some time. And if it gets extremely lengthy, I may break this chapter into two. But we're going to begin and we will see how uh, it goes from here. But before I even get into the verses, I want to give you an overview of really what is a parable. Um, so I've already explained the gist of the chapter, which is loaded with the Lord Jesus's parables. And what is a parable? A parable is using a familiar or known story to illustrate or teach, or teach about the unknown or the unfamiliar. In essence, a person would use a very familiar known story by the audience in a parable to teach something that is new to the audience typically using the physical or using a physical illustration to ultimately teach a moral or spiritual lesson. So a parable is really using a familiar physical story to teach a spiritual moral lesson. Okay, so uh, let's get to this now. With regards to the Lord Jesus' parables in this chapter, like I said, about seven of them are here. So the Lord Jesus used very simple story to illustrate a spiritual lesson, as uh, you recall from the definition of a parable. So we will see the Lord really using the physical to illustrate the spiritual uh, and the ultimate goal being for a spiritual and or a moral lesson. And the Lord Jesus' parables are not for the lazy hearers or the lazy Christian. Mm -hmm. Because the parables have hidden meaning. It requires that somebody has an open heart and is willing to learn from the Lord and listen to the Holy Spirit 
to really grasp what the Lord Jesus is teaching in his parables. And as you already know, in all his parables, he is teaching about the kingdom of God. And remember, the kingdom of God is not a physical place. I explained this already in previous uh, chapters in this uh, gospel of Matthew. It is not a physical place. Rather, it's a spiritual dominion. It's a spiritual uh, rule uh, or uh, a spiritual being. It's a state of being, a spiritual dominion. And remember, I explained earlier, as New Testament believers, the kingdom of God indwells each of us. Because God, the Holy Spirit, indwells us the moment we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so if you are a believer, don't sit there and wait for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has already come in the person of Jesus Christ. He died on that cross and was raised from the dead. And the Holy Spirit is indwelling us. Of course, then obviously... The kingdom of God is also pertaining to when the Lord Jesus comes the second time and set up his physical kingdom on the earth. But right now, the kingdom of God is a spiritual dominion, a spiritual rule or ruling, which we have on the inside of us. And we have to live it out by faith while trusting uh, the triune God. And the... Um, as we go through the parables of the Lord Jesus, keep in mind that there is always a central meaning to each of his parables, a central meaning. And we should not add or take away from it. And we should not read too much into the parable because the, the um, spiritual and or moral lesson it's pretty obvious if we have an open heart, okay? And as we go over these parables, keep in mind that each parable speaks to our personal lives. We should not assume that this is uh, speaking to some kingdom out there. It pertains to our individual lives, and I will uh, draw that application to your individual walk with the Lord as we go through each uh, parable. And most importantly, please, this is so crucial. These parables that the Lord taught during his earthly ministry clearly provides clarity as to how the kingdom of God works in us at this current time. So we really have no excuse to try to figure out how God's kingdom work, how God is working in us and in the earth, because these parables clearly will give or gives a clear picture how the kingdom of God works. Because there are many people who come to the Lord or even mature, so-called mature believers who are still doubting, how does the kingdom of God works? They quite don't have an understanding how the Lord works. But that is unfortunate because the Bible teaches us that the Lord Jesus was a perfect, perfect representation of 
God the Father. So as we study the ministry of the Lord Jesus, hopefully you will have a clearer picture of how God operates in his kingdom. Okay? So those are some of the highlights I wanted to go over before we get into these um, verses here. So with that introduction there, I'm going to begin right away with Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. And verse 1 all the way to verse 23, really the focus is the very first parable called the parable of the sower. And you know, before I even get into these verses again, let me give you an overview about the parable of the sower. This is so crucial because in the gospel of Mark, we will discuss that when we get there. Um, the Lord Jesus made a powerful comment that Matthew did not include in his uh, writing. The Lord Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 verse 13, he said, if you do not understand this parable, how will you understand the rest of his parables or the rest of his teaching? Yep. So this implies that this parable of the sower is foundational in understanding how the kingdom of God works. Okay. And the interesting, interesting thing about this parable is that it's one of the parables that the Lord Jesus himself offers the explanation. So I really don't have to do a lot of teaching because the Lord Jesus explains this himself very well, beginning in verse 18, and we will get to that shortly here. And keep in mind, as we begin these verses about the parable of the sower, the Lord Jesus is not teaching about farming. Remember I said with parables, a teacher, in this case, the Lord Jesus would use a physical illustration or a physical example to teach about the spiritual, moral, spiritual, and or moral lesson. So we will see the Lord Jesus using farming, a physical illustration, a familiar story to his audience back then. He, he would use farming to teach them about the unfam unfamiliar or in other words, he would use farming to teach them a spiritual and or moral lesson. Okay? And um, before I, I even continue, I want to say that this parable of the sower is so foundational to your walk as a child of God. It is amazing how as we get into these verses, you will clearly understand what I'm saying. And for those of you who want detailed teaching on this, I have about 75 minutes of teaching just on the parable of the sower in one of my audio CD titled Overcoming Doubt. I had mentioned that before, so you can go on our website and order that teaching, Overcoming Doubt, using the Word of God. Hello friends, this is Dr. Ruth here. Thank you for joining me today. I would like to share with you our ministry offer that is available to you as a donation to this ministry throughout my teachings out of the Gospels. So, 
I have two resources that I know will bless you tremendously because these two books have blessed hundreds of people. So, the two books all have to do with the ministry of Jesus Christ. So, the first one is titled, Who is the Real Jesus? And the second one is titled, Are You Moving Forward with Jesus? So, for a ministry donation of $50 or more, this includes shipping and handling. If you live here in the USA, we will mail these two books to you today. Okay, it will provide added clarity, added teaching about the Gospels, the ministry of Jesus, the work of Christ. These are phenomenal resources that would add into the teaching here I'm doing in the Gospels and, and help you to really have a deeper revelation and walk with the Lord. So again, this comes to us as a donation and we thank you in advance for considering that. Again, the books are Who is the Real Jesus? And the other one is Are You Moving Forward with Jesus? For a ministry donation of $50 or more if you live in the USA. But if you cannot afford both books and you just want one, it's okay too. We thank you for your donation. So who is the real Jesus for a donation of $25 or more, including shipping and handling? And then the other book, Are You Moving Forward with Jesus? would be $35, including shipping and handling. We will mail these books to you today. The advantage of getting both books is that you would save $10, okay? So again, this ministry offer is only available for those who live within the USA because we cannot ship overseas. But if you live overseas and you're listening to me, you can get these books from Amazon. So here is how you can donate through us directly to get this book as a ministry offer. Our safe and secure website is drruthtanyi.org slash donate. Again, drruthtanyi.org slash donate. And then uh, if you live in the USA, we also receive donations through Zelle. And here's the telephone number for Zelle. 909-501-9031. Again, 909 5019031 and then we also accept donations through Cash App and the name there is the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tanya. Or if you just want to bless us with it, a one-time donation to help us produce more teachings like this and pay for studio time, we thank you abundantly uh, from the bottom of our hearts. And God says thank you. And God is so faithful that he will bless you back abundantly, exceedingly. So I want to thank you in advance for purchasing these additional ministry resources to help you to gain a better revelation of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ again we thank you here is the teaching okay going back to this parable an overview of the parable is that there are three major elements we will encounter very shortly as we get into this parable here are the elements the Lord Jesus would talk about the seed keep in mind the seed in this parable represents the word of God, the perfect eternal word of God. 
the Lord Jesus would talk about the sower. In this parable, the sower represents himself, or today you would say the sower represents a Bible teacher like myself, a, a pastor, evangelist, someone who is preaching or proclaiming the word of God. And the third element in this parable is that of the soil. The soil represents the hearers, those who listened or will be listened listening rather or those who are listening to the word of God as it is being taught proclaimed or explained and another element that has to do with the hearers the Lord Jesus would describe four types of hearts or four types of responses that the hearers would exhibit when the word of God is proclaimed or taught in other words, there are four types of people and four types of responses that would always manifest when the word of God is taught. Okay. And real quick, uh, the four types of hearts or persons, if you will, number one, unbelievers, their response or carnal Christians, carnal Christians, meaning those who listen to the word of God, it goes into one ear of the other, and yet they profess that they, uh, they have confessed faith in Jesus Christ and there is no evidence of their confession. They have no interest in the things of God, but yet they claim to be Christians. They don't attend church. They don't fellowship with other believers. They still live their lives as unbelievers. That is the first type of heart the Lord will talk about in this parable. And then the second type of heart or response would be that of a shallow listener or impatient Christian. And then the third type is the person who is very extremely busy or the Christian who is too busy to allow the word of God to take root in his or her heart. And then, of course, the fourth type of heart or person is the fruitful Christian. And I'm aware that some Bible teachers or pastors are saying that the first three types of hearts or persons pertain to unbelievers. That is absolutely not true. And the majority of Bible teachers are in agreement that in this parable, the, the second, third, and the fourth type of person the Lord is referring to are believers. And by, the Bible teaches us this. For example, the Gospel of Luke which also has this same parable in Luke chapter 8, verse 13, Luke actually described the second type of heart as a believer who heard as someone who heard the word of God and believed in the word of God. But their believing was just for a short time. And then they fell away during testing right there is one evidence that this parable is pertaining to believers and not unbelievers or the second, third, fourth type of person, especially the second and third person or hearts in this parable is referring to believers. And the Bible teaches us that carnal Christians are at risk or in short, some Christians will and do fall away. They backslide, okay? A couple of uh, scriptural references to this is James 
5:19 through 20 and 2 Peter 3:17 and many other scriptures teach us that but those are just two examples I wanted to highlight. So yes, Christians have been known throughout history to backslide, to just abandon the things of God and walk away. And uh, eventually somebody through the grace of God would assist them to come back in sync with the Lord. So this is possible. Okay. And another last major principle I want to highlight about this parable before I get into the verses is the absolute truth that this parable highlights. Please take this to heart and meditate on this. It is never, never, never the word of God that is a problem in your life. Rather, it is how you listen to the word of God and how you respond or react to the word of God. This is the central principle the Lord Jesus taught in this parable. And this explains why some Christians are very fruitful and others are not. This is that experiential uh, walk that each of us has with the Lord. It's never the word of God. The word of God is perfect. It is eternal. God is no respecter of persons. If you have been listening to my teaching for quite some time, I highlight this principle over and over and over again. If two different people across the globe respond to God's word like they should, they will see the same results. Because God doesn't favor one over the other. God just, when you react to the word of God as he has explained for us to react, we get the blessings chase us. So the way you respond to the word of God determines the kind of results or outcome that you will get in your personal life. So it's never God. It is how we respond to the word of God. Okay. So with that introduction, let me get into the verses here in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew Chapter 13, verse 1. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Verse 2. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Verse 3. Then he told them many things in parables, saying... A farmer went out to sow his seed. Verse 4. As he was scattering the seed, right away we see how the Lord, like I explained earlier, the farmer is scattering the seed. Okay, the seed here is the word of God, remember? Going back here. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it. That is the first type of heart. I am not going to explain these types of hearts until we get to the explanation that the Lord Jesus offered himself. Picking it up here, verse 5. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. That is the second type of heart or the second type of person who responded to the word of God. Verse 6, 
But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Again, that is the second type of person who had no root and the word of God was meaningless to them. Verse 7. Others, or other seed rather, fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Verse 8. That um, verse 7 there was the third type of person who responded to the word of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, verse 8, still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Verse 9, whoever has ears, let them hear. Already the Lord Jesus had described the four types of responses that we typically see when the word of God is proclaimed. Obviously, as you can see, only that last response or last person produced fruit. Moving on, verse 10. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? Verse 11, he replied, Because the knowledge... Of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Verse 12. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Abundance, rather. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Verse 13. Let me pause there before I even go into verse 13. What is the Lord saying? Now. Going back to verse 11, the Lord said, he replied to his disciples when they came to him and said, why do you speak in parables? He replied that the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God had been given to them. And then he went on to explain that whoever has much, much will be given and whoever does not, it will be taken from them. Now, let me clarify. It's not as if the Lord Jesus is hiding anything from people. No. You have to remember, though, that the so-called Pharisees, who claim to be extremely educated and well-schooled in Judaism, their hearts were already callous and essentially closed to hearing spiritual truths. So, it got to a point where it was a waste of time for the Lord to speak in plain language or dialogue for the Pharisees to understand because they had already made up their minds they would not listen to him. And the Lord had done that already at the beginning of his ministry to explain things in a very simplistic manner to the Jews and the Pharisees. And obviously, they would not believe nor listen so now we see the lord speaking in parables as prophesied that the messiah would do and that verse there verse 12 that says whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them there is a principle here the lord is teaching that when we are opened to listening to God, obeying him, abiding by his decrees. Whatever little we have, God expects us to use it 
to the best of our ability, i.e. to use our gifts and talents to the best of our abilities. And as we obey the Lord to use our gifts and talents to the best of our abilities, we will be blessed much, much more. Okay? Nonetheless, whoever does not have even what they have will be taken away from them. This is alluding to the fact that the more people are callous or the more people's hearts are closed to the teachings of the Lord or the more people continue to disobey God, it is a scriptural principle, the more they get more into depravity. Whatever little they had at the very beginning, they will lose. That's really the bottom line. As people disobey God, whatever little spiritual insight they had about the Lord, they're going to lose that. Because the more they practice sin or the more they become callous, the more their hearts will become uh, disobedient, the more their hearts would become insensitive towards the things of God. And this is really a spiritual principle, which I thought even in the Old Testament, such as Pharaoh, Pharaoh was very disobedient to the Lord and his heart was already calloused and he refused to listen to God. So his heart just became more callous and more callous and uh, that was what happened. And that is the same principle the Lord Jesus is teaching here. So he is not hiding things from anyone who is willing to learn. Okay, moving on here, verse 13, the Lord would go ahead and quote an Old Testament scripture uh, supporting the reason why he speaks in parables. Verse 13, this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand exactly what I had just explained. Although the Jews and the Pharisees had physical ears and eyes, their hearts were closed. They could not perceive spiritual truths because they were not interested. Verse 14. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. The Lord is about to quote out of Isaiah 6. It reads, You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Verse 15. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Exactly what I was saying here, that these people are calloused. Mm -hmm. They refuse to have spiritual discernment. Okay, so that is what I just explained there. And um, that last sentence there that uh, reads, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. This is just alluding to what I explained earlier, that the Lord's, Jesus' first coming was primarily for spiritual reasons, to redeem mankind from the bondages of sin, and obviously the healing of physical diseases was part of what the Messiah would do, but the Lord Jesus was very concerned that people should not follow him primarily for the secondary reason, i.e. healing of diseases 
in their bodies. So that is really what this, this thing, uh, these verses are saying. Had the Pharisees really uh, just followed Jesus, they would have been coming just for physical healing, not for spiritual healing, surely. It just points to the fact that uh, a lot of the Jews, some of them who were following Jesus, they were just concerned about their earthly needs being met, but they were not eternally focused. Uh, but the spiritual eternal security has to always take priority over the physical. Even though the Lord is still very willing to heal us of diseases and for us to receive healing in our bodies, which he already purchased on the cross, he is after our hearts, after our souls first. And then obviously the physical healing is all part of that. Okay, verse 16. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. This was the Lord talking to the disciples who had some spiritual discernment compared to the Pharisees. Verse 17. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see but did not see it and to hear what you hear but did not hear it so true many righteous prophets in the past such as moses joshua they were so looking forward to seeing the messiah but the disciples are seeing the messiah face to face so as you proceed with your day today remember that god is with you always enabling you to overcome in jesus name i am chris Oram. stay blessed and bye for now